from the Ron Miller Race Car Studio, this is the Hammer Down Racing Report. And now your hosts, Scott Hammer and Ron Miller. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the March 29th edition of the Hammerdown Racing Report. I'm surrounded by Scots. We've got Scott yeah. Schultz. We've got Scott Hammer. And it's going to be a great show. Another one. And Ron Miller right over there. Yeah. So uh, coming to you live from the Ron Miller Race Car Studio. If you have any uh, race car needs, asphalt or dirt, dirt or asphalt, either way you want to look at it. Or, or drag racing or pro street or motorcycle. Yeah. We, we can handle it. Boy, have we been busy, Scott? That's Love good. it. It's almost race season. You wouldn't it know is. it though if you. It is. Every, everybody's getting excited. Seven three four eight five six seven two two three, or eight five six race. That's us. That's Ron Miller Race Cars. Give them a call. Supplies, safety equipment, whatever. Technical support. Technical support. Generally free there. So generally, he, what you get, what you pay for. He's a little bit more uh, lenient uh, if uh, he does. Uh, or if you do business with them, yeah, our camera's blacked out again. At least the one on me, which is okay. We don't need to be able to see me. You want you want my mic? No, we're good. We're good. We'll just unplug this little guy right here. We can spin the spin a red one around. Yeah, we'll get that replaced. Anyway, uh, lots to talk to uh, talk about on the show tonight. Uh, Scott Schultz is here, of course, general manager at Toledo uh, Speedway Flat Rock Speedway. Uh, we'll talk about the what's on tap for the 2018 season at uh, both tracks. I've been getting a lot of calls on the uh, their drag racing, so that we'll uh, talk I think, about I think that. That's going to be pretty exciting. I uh, got a brand new record report coming up. I'm excited, which is always exciting. Yeah. Oh man! <laughs> uh, and and uh, the a new segment we're going to start. It's the uh, Millstream Speedway update. That's got to be. Yeah. Well. Okay. <laughs> I'll wait and see how that goes. All right. Well, before we talk to uh, Scott, just a couple things to uh, go over here from the past uh, weekend. Brandon Shepard was the uh, winner of uh, his uh, third Lucas Oil late model feature. Happened at East Alabama Motor Speedway, where weather is apparently a little bit nicer than it is down there, up here. World of Outlaw late models. Um, Lucas Oil. No, but World of Outlaw late oh. models hasn't happened yet. No, rain, they rain, keep rain. getting, yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk about Rusty here in just a second, too. Uh, Earl, Pierce, Earl Pearson Jr. won the uh, Shamrock Friday night at uh, Boyd Speedway with a last lap pass on Scott Bloomquist. So, oh, but that went over well. Yeah, I think Bloomquist finished second to uh, Shepard, too, on uh, Saturday night. So, Lucas Oil getting some races in. Uh, Worcester, Ohio's Sheldon Hoddenshield uh, picked up his second uh, World of Outlaw sprint car. Win at, uh, win at uh, Bakersfield in California, also where it's a little bit nicer. That happened on Saturday night. And, uh, of course, uh, uh, Friday night, Western Ohio's Rusty Schlenk got his first win of the season at Columbus Speedway in uh, Mississippi. And it was a very dominant win. Second annual Mud, bu- mud Bug Classic. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what a mud bug is, but he, he lapped sounds all Alabama. He lapped all the way up to third place. Did I saw... Really? I saw a few videos of the race, and he was in his own time zone. And Tyler Erb uh, finished second to Schlenk. And then uh, following night, uh, Schlenk ran Why Not Motorsports Park and finished fourth. And Tyler Erb won that one. Oh, did he? Yes. Didn't do as much research into that. Good job on that. Thanks for backing me up. Um, Attica, scheduled to uh, race tomorrow night. Not going to happen. If you were going to Attica, don't. Saturday, though, as of uh, last time I checked, a few hours ago, Saturday night's still a go. They're going to try for it Saturday night. They plan on posting some updates tomorrow night, yeah. so keep that, an eye, that'd be Friday. Keep an eye on their uh, their social media if you do plan on making the trip out to Attica. Um, again, Friday night has been canceled or technically postponed, pushed back to Saturday, right. which is the rain date. Un- until some of the other area tracks open up, uh, they have elected to use Saturday as a rain date, and that's a pretty cool deal. It's, I guess that's one of the advantages of opening before everybody else. You can race whenever. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Uh, but uh, gates will open at 3, racing at 6 if that does happen on Saturday. That's at uh, Attica Raceway Park. Just watch that watch the weather. So uh, in the studio with us, uh, thanks for coming in, Mr. Uh, Scott Schultz of uh, Toledo Speedway, Flat Rock Speedway. Um, Arca. Arca, yeah. You, you do a lot. Uh, okay. <laughs> he, he, he wears a lot of hats. And needs to. All right. Yeah, I mean, in the short track business, you know, you, you don't have a lot of full-time employees. 
Uh, I'm the only full-time employee for Flat Rock and Toledo, but, you know, we're just, we're blessed. And, and all the short track racing, Ron knows too, you know, most of the employees are second and third generation folks. And, you know, they've been with us 15, 20, 25 years. And, you know, it, without them, we can't do anything. We've got a great staff. To be honest with you, I open the gates on race night and, once we get going and selling tickets and we start practicing, I just kind of walk around and watch. But that's the way it needs to be, Scott. It should. Because yeah, it if, has if to. there's a fire, you need to be available to put it out. Yeah, it has to. Ra- rather than... And you're only as good as, as your employees, to be Absolutely. honest with you. And that doesn't matter what business you're in. Uh, uh, probably more so with us because we are we are all part-timers or there are all sure. part-timers around us. But uh, yeah. that goes without saying. How long have you been uh, <laughs> been with Flat Rock and then uh, Scott, uh This is my 50th season. Is that all? Uh, started when I was 10 years old. Get my age away there. I remember when Ron Miller first raced. <laughs> wow, you must be old. <laughs> told, him, told him, yeah, Kathy's laughing. Uh, told him before uh, we started here, we had our racers reunion, our annual racers reunion at uh, Toledo on March 17th. And there are just tons of photos, thousands of photos from all over the Midwest, really all over the United States, whether it's open wheel, you know, stock car, national, local, regional, it didn't matter. And I, and I saw Ron's number 35 in there. And I do remember that car when it came through the pit gate. I was yeah. about 12 years old and I'm sitting back there watching and here comes that 35 car in. But uh, there, there was an ill-fated trip with a super modified and I've never seen any picture of that, but I... I, I, I bet you there's one someplace. Yeah. Uh, there, that, you know, you could... Um, I'm a nostalgia guy, you know, going back that far, uh, needless to say. And, and just to see those photos just brings back so many memories of of what it was as a kid. And, you know, that's, and I'm sure we're going to get into this, that's something that's missing today. Uh, and it it's, absolutely is. And it's not just in our industry either. It's everything. Look at bowling alleys. You know, it's just, yep. it's incredible. And I know a couple guys uh, from my hometown in Monroe or where I live now uh, that, that own bowling alleys. And it's just you know, it's half of what it used to be 15 years ago. That's what I do during um, the winter. Yeah. You know, I enjoy it, and it, you know, a little bit of physical activity. Yep. yep. <laughs> Shut up, Scott. Very little. <laughs> but you you're, know, you're out of breath by the fifth frame, right? <laughs> no. <sighs> I'm, I'm good clear up to the third game. Okay. <laughs> you know, but that's something that all entertainment industries have been affected by. Uh, you know, the world's changed. And, you know, we've had to change as a racetrack, and every business has. And I go back to two years ago, I read in the Toledo Blade, half of the 18-year-olds don't own a driver's license. That's Man, scary. That's that's very scary. They all interact by that silly little thing in their hand. 16th, and, birth, 16th birthday. Yeah. I, I had my temps, and a week later I had my license. I learned to drive at 12 years old on the back roads of Dundee on a column Abs- stick shift. Absolute, my uncle put me in his truck absolutely. and said, I'm going to show you something, and here we go. And, uh, but, you know, th- everything affects us nowadays. Uh, you know, obviously the social and digital media affects us greatly. Uh, yeah, we've, and, had, we've talked about that many times. Oh, I'm sure you have. <laughs> I'm sure you have. Um, and, you know, we, you've had to, we have to change. We all have to change. At Toledo, we've had to make some big changes. What are um, your feelings on it? Um, we've had so, lengthy, lengthy conversations about very young kids driving race cars and I don't ever want to be known as the old guy that hurts some kids, so I'm kind of against young kids. But well, and but, you, but the other side of it is the we, des- old we guy. desperately need them, right? And and you know my boss, you know, and his take on everything. I mean, safety is always tantamount with what we do, and and I think more so with everybody today. Uh, but this year at Flat Rock, we're going to introduce the Bandolero class. Uh, we're we're working with Jim Leisure at Spartan Speedway up in Lansing. And it's a purpose-built race car for kids ages 8 to 14. Um, you know, and, and we've been toying with it and toying with it for probably three years. Jim started it four years ago. So we're going to go ahead and try it. You know, our, our goal is to create three to four cars. Um, I, I don't know. There has some, been some genuine interest in it, uh, but I just don't know. It's still an investment. You know, it, it costs money to race. It costs money yeah. to do everything. Uh, I don't know. Quarter midget racing for kids seems to be doing okay. Uh, I has taken I, its hit, just like everything else. Yeah, I don't think it's much worse than, than when we were kids, Scott. No, I don't either. You know, you either. go out to the rec center and watch the quarter midgets, and it's still yep. th- about the same core. Yeah, the go-karts, go-karts were very, very strong 20 years ago. That has taken a hit, although in it's, some areas it's, it's, it's very com- strong. It's, it's coming back. Yeah. Um, we still have the Thunderbird Go-Kart Club at Flat Rock. Uh, 
uh, they've run there for over 40 years. Jack Roush used to run there in a, in a go-kart. That's, uh, you know, that's where he and Gary Pratt and some of those sure. guys that uh, made names for themselves in, in auto racing, that was their toy, you know. And, and Ford used to sponsor the club for years, uh, you know, and then and that went away. But, you know, that, that club is trying very hard. They're still alive. Uh, you know, I hear of kart clubs. There's a beautiful kart uh, track up in Jackson, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, several kind of tracks uh, so you know th- that has to continue but uh, one is lack of time available from a family standpoint or what else I'll call recreational time dispensable income cost more to eat cost more to drive we're getting all our pricing in for the speedway here mom Whether and dad both work yeah oh yeah that never happened you know that didn't exist in the 60s and 70s exactly and, you know I told you looking at photos I'm just amazed when you look at the photos and, you know, Tom Davison was a wonderful photographer and the grandstands were always in the back and the grandstands are chuck full all the time. But in the 60s and 70s, there wasn't a McDonald's, a Wendy's and Burger King in every corner. Kids weren't working when they were 15, 16 years old. They mowed lawns. That's what I did. Well, and times are different. Yeah. When, when I was yeah. six years old, my dad owned uh, a couple of race cars at, at Raceway Park and sponsored a couple more. Plus, he always had his little Jeep push truck out there. Um, I'd go to the races with him. At six years old, he dropped me off at the front gate. I'd play with my little 29-cent plastic car under the grandstands with dozens of other kids. Sure. Who, and, and we talk about it. I run into people. Oh, yeah, I was one of those kids. You, know, you <laughs> Who would know? But, you know, it was a different time. You you can't drop your kid off at the front gate of Toledo Speedway now and go somewhere else or go down in the pits and and know that your kid is safe. No, very true. Very true. That just has all kinds of bad written all over it. It it really is. And, and, you know, no one's at fault. It's just where we're at as a country and as a nation and as the world, you know. Um, We could sit here and discuss digital and social media and what facebook is and right now sounds like they're in a lot of trouble yes sir um and i i don't have a facebook page i post things to the flat rock toledo facebook page i post things to the website i learn every day something new or something different or i get on the phone and call casey at arca Mm -hmm. and casey tells me what to do and then he laughs at me because he's 30 years old (laughs) and he's schooled and all that and he knows that this 60 year old guy doesn't know but you know we're forced we're forced to have some aspect of training in this medium or I'm fairly, behind. I'm fairly yeah. active on Facebook and it's amazing how much business I do through that medium. I'm, you know, I'm not surprised. Um, we'll go back to street drags. So we posted a flyer on the flat rock to little webpage or um, Facebook, excuse me, uh, back in March. And we posted it within 48 hours. We had 27,000 views. And I'm That's like, huge. I'm like, okay, what does that mean? Well, exactly. <laughs> and I knew the number was big because of tracking some other things that we have done in the past over the past couple of years. And, you know, I, I told him, I said, you know what that means right now? And he goes, what? And I said, that means nothing because <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing, there's no results yet. But it means people it, have it, seen it. It does mean people have seen it. Right. And, and we've kind of created a little buzz with that. Uh, we'll see where it takes us. And if you want to get into that, we can get into that a little bit. That's no problem at all. How did but, your meeting go? Uh, great. Uh, what we're, meeting? Uh, well, March 17th, we had an informational okay. meeting for the street tracks. <laughs> we talked about it. We did, but um, maybe everybody listening doesn't well, that's know. True. that's true. They're not true. part now, of your inner circle and, and, here. And they can see the rules so, on the... Okay. Uh, so let, let's yeah, back we, up. Let's back up okay. a second. First, the, talking about the street drags, a new thing that's yeah. you're going to try this year, I guess. And uh, yeah. yeah, tell us about that. Well, March 17th, we had an informational meeting. We had the racers reunion and the fan club meeting. So we said, you know what? We're there. Let's have a meeting. It was St. Patty's Day. We knew that. You know, <laughs> Saturday night, we knew that. Okay. So we were expecting four or five people. We ended, ended up having 20 people show up. That's which good. Which we were, we were enthusiastic about. So what we did basically is answer questions. Uh, we took them outside. Uh, we had the track lights on. So we took them outside to show them where we think we're going with this. And, and here's the great part of this deal. We, this is a work in progress, and it's going to be a work in progress all season long. We stole the idea from Greg McCarns at Madison, Wisconsin, International Raceway. Mm-hmm. Ron Drager sanctions the Arca Midwest Tour. Uh, we've got to become good friends with Greg. Uh, he runs an ARCA race at Madison, and he's a short track guy. And we knew his dad, John McCarns, who was a great promoter uh, in the years past, in the 70s and 80s with ARCO. And uh, so we took that idea from him, uh, and we just 
change things around for us. So the first thing we told them out of the box, it's a 300-foot strip. And I had one guy look at me, and I went, so look, go to Milan, go to Norwalk. You know, we get it. This is not that. See, originally when I read it, I thought you were doing like the old spectator drags, well, thing, a we, lap around the track. We've been toying for that for 10 years, <laughs> <laughs> but we just didn't have enough gumption to do it. Um, okay. So, again, we stole these ideas, and, and, you know, again, it's not for everybody, but the the theory is behind it is drive it in, race it, drive it home. That's it. That's the theory. <laughs> well, exactly. So we took Greg's divisions, and we've got a four-wheel drive class and a two-wheel drive class and a a muscle car class and uh, it's all online now you can you can read everything and how we have them classified i won't call them brackets i'll call them divisions you don't that's call it, them brackets that's at toledospeedway.com yes toledospeedway.com okay. it's a story right now we're waiting to get a button for the street drag so we can put it on there all right um so that's what it is and it's very simple it's 10 bucks to register your car it's 10 bucks for your pit pass and it's 10 bucks to come in and watch uh greg drew grew his system uh, in two years, from 78 cars to 228 cars at the wow. last race. And thousands of people in the grandstands. Now, do I know that it's going to happen at Toledo? No, but you know what? We're going to take this one step at a time. Uh, we're going to run them from turn one down to turn four. Uh, we'll create a line just before pit road. Now, it's got a little bit of a bank to it, and that, that drew some questions, too. But originally, we were going to start them up and turn four on the bank. Well, that didn't go over well. So uh, a couple of our guys that work for us said, man, you can't do that. So, You're right. So, you know, no burnouts. You know, this is your passenger car for the most part. Uh, it's 300 foot. You're running for trophies. Uh, we've got everything figured out, and here's the great part. We live at the racetrack. Right, Kathy? <laughs> we open the gates at 530. We should be done by 930 at night. Uh, tech, unless you get 200 cars, yeah, I hope that happens. <laughs> um, tech is only to decide what class you're in. And uh, we talked to Ted Austed from Atlanta Motor Speedway. Do you know they've been doing this for 12 years at Atlanta? Really, 12 years, and they get 240 cars every week. And I don't it's know how many times they run them. I forgot. A little longer. And track, thousands though. of people in the grandstands. Yeah, 610 feet. Thou- really? I didn't- it's an eighth, eighth of a mile, so it's uh-huh. about 600, 650, yeah. something like that. But they get a big crowd unbelievable wow unbelievable uh said a bunch of guys came in there and said oh you gotta throw money at it so they did didn't change a dang thing not a dang thing uh this is about the guy that's got a car and plays with it and says man i got a bad car suppose there might be a little side betting going on i he doesn't want to know about that (laughs) hey look what he doesn't know about doesn't hurt him so and again, we've created these classes, and again, you can read them all on ToledoSpeedway.com. It's on. It's right now. It's in a story mode as a press release. So you just, uh, if you go through, there's like photos, and that each one t- uh, will. If you click it on, it'll give you the story. You might have to go back a little bit because uh, we posted. It, well, we posted it last Friday, so it still should be up there. Um, but it, it's very, very simple. The concept is very simple. The whole night should be simple. And the guy at uh, Ted at Atlanta and Greg. We took their paperwork, and then we just talked to Ted this week. Right at the top, it says, the very first thing you do is don't get serious with this. If you're going to get in there and just flex your muscle and think you're going to, just go home. Just go home. Mm-hmm. This is about fun. We created a Jeep class I in Toledo, that. Ohio. I saw Why that. Why not? Yeah. We created a grudge class. So Kathy's going to come out, and you, she's going to race you. You suppose you know. Suppose there's any Jeeps in Toledo? I Everywhere so. you look, there's Jeeps. Absolutely. There's been a lot in Toledo for the last four months. Uh, but those are the kind of things that we're looking at. Um, it's very simple. The program is very simple. The outline is very simple. It's double elimination. Okay. Uh, you love this. So how do we start them? You're going to build a tree? You're not going to build a tree, are you? No, we're not. And even Atlanta does not have a tree. Not a tree. He <laughs> He dropped his arm. So somebody, when we had our meeting, said, how about a green flashlight? Okay. Well, <laughs> we also thought about using our lights. We have the Whelan lights, uh, right. the, the traffic system lights at Flat Rock and Toledo, and oh my goodness, goodness they're, they're just wonderful. We thought about maybe using the pendant and hitting the green. I don't know. So the great thing is, again, we got a practice night on Friday, May 11th. We can do all kinds of different things to figure See this out. See what works. Exactly. And I've already got a couple guys, Dave, Dave, I'm going to build a tree. Well, okay. But, you know, it, we, we don't want to get too serious about this and technical because that's not what this is about this is about taking your car we got a tuner class if you go to toledo speedway on a friday night 
even if we're not racing. And about 10, 30, 11 o'clock, you can hear him singing out on Matzinger Road and wherever they're drag racing. They're just flying. And if you go over in the Meyer parking lot, there are 70 to 80 kids with the tuner car sitting there, just sitting there. I'm the last one usually that leaves Toledo. I lock up. I'll go over and get a, a pop at the whatever restaurant or, or the Meyer gas station. And, I mean, I drive through these kids. And there are, I'm guessing there's 70 to 80 cars there every Friday night. So the weather turns on a Friday night, um, and, and we're not racing. I'm going to be right down there handing those flyers out. Well, I, I'm sure you remember back in the day, Motorhead was at Alexis and Lewis. and uh, That was a little before my time, Mr. Miller. No, so. <laughs> no. no this was even up But in, I don't remember up, that, but up, I've heard in, of it many up times. Into, up into the 80s. Okay. You know, before your time would have been cruising the hut. Okay. I still don't remember that. <laughs> so are you worried about any uh, liability issues so, with that? Or? So, look, we're taking our racetrack insurance and using it. We'll have our safety crew there, fully staffed. We'll have an ambulance there on the grounds. We require that they wear a helmet and a seat belt. And again, we're following something that's already set up by Atlanta Motor Speedway and Madison International Raceway out of Wisconsin. So uh, we've sent it all to our insurance company. They're okay with it. Um, you know, they, we want the windows rolled up when you start, just in case something does fly. At least it's got something to deflect it off of. So is that a rule? You have to have windows. Uh, you know what? That's a good question. So that's the first thing that, that we said when we were talking this out. Okay, you know, we asked the guys, roll the windows up. Yeah, roll the windows up. And then we're thinking, I told Gregor, I said, so believe me, it's just like a classic car show. You'll have 50 cars, 48 of them drive in. There's two that are trailered in. So you're going to end up, eventually, I think, you're going to end up with somebody trailering in a car. So I guess if you don't have windows, you don't have windows. Eventually, you, know? you mean like an hour into the first night? I don't think so. I think I think you're going to see a lot of wait and see approach. I really do. Um, look, if we have 20 cars the first night, I think that's a good start. I, I really and honestly do. Um, we're not going to get setting our expectations so high that we crash and burn. Uh, and, and we're not going to. We're committed. I don't, to I don't this, think you should be saying crash and burn. In, okay, in yeah, it's context, sorry, Scott. Um, <laughs> we're committed to this for at least a sure. couple years, right out of the box. Just like we are the Bandoleros, we're mm -hmm. probably committed to that for three or four years to see what happens. Um, you know, and see what happens with the economy and things like that. Um, things seem to be a little bit on the uptick right now in this area. Uh, people aren't looking over their shoulder, thinking they're going to get laid off uh, or, their, or their job is going to be eliminated, although sure. you're starting to hear a little bit here and there about some things. But um, so we think right now is the time, and, and you said business is good. It's business is great. good because, again, just for that sole reason, people are not looking back over their shoulder, uh, and, and I think it's helped. And the other thing I see, too, and, and I was talking to somebody the other day, short track racing is starting to edge up just a little bit slower. Uh, asphalt has taken a big hit, real big hit over the years. And it's taken a little longer to filter down to the short tracks that are dirt. Uh, and I think part of the reason is, is that, um, most, not all, most of the dirt tracks are in rural areas and they are the entire focal point of that community and the surrounding communities. How Oak much, Shake, how Oak much, a great example. What a great program they have yeah, out there. How much... Of, of the downturn in pavement racing, can you blame on NASCAR with them fiddling with the rules? And you know what? It, you, you know, it's, NASCAR has really lost a lot of its oh yes glitz and glamour. Go back 10, 15 years. If Bristol was racing on a Saturday night, we scaled down our show at Flat Rock. Yeah, you, you because everybody stayed home to watch it. Heck, there used to be I, I could tell you a hundred people that used to have tickets in this area that raced with us and were fans or employees that went to Bristol for that race. Absolutely. Uh, mostly the March race because it was right. before we were racing. And, and I know people that skipped the August race with us on a Saturday night at Flat Rock, and, I, and we watched our crowds go right down the toilet. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what happened. Now, we don't even think twice. I mean, <laughs> we got races to run. Memorial Day is a little tough, Memorial Day Sunday, because you do have the Indy 500 and Charlotte. Um, I, I, I We haven't scheduled anything on memorial day for probably about six or seven years uh but other than that um you know they don't they don't enter into our decision making but but your point is very valid my, my point what, is that nascar has shot themselves in the foot as far as presenting an exciting program oh there's there's no doubt about that but take it 
take it one step farther. The new fan only knows the new fan. Now, I'm, ta- I'm saying somebody, hmm, there's a race on TV. The new fan, he's going to turn his TV on. He can sit in his chair, drink his beer at home, not have to pay four fifty or 5 bucks. Air-conditioned. Right. Doesn't have to drive, doesn't have to spend his money, doesn't have to worry about the heat, and he watches all kinds of... My God, they're, they're still showing qualifying. That is the, that you want to talk about hard up for programming, yeah. Um, you know, or practice. That's even worse. Oh, look at them out there. They're practicing. No kidding. Yeah, that, that's sponsor money talking. Oh, though. there's no doubt. There's no doubt about that. But the new fan that has been created, and part of this is our fault too, as an industry, the short track industry. Um, you know, on on how to answer this, and I don't, I don't think anybody has the answer. But they have created a fan base for the industry that only knows their television. What have you guys done? Uh, to, to extend the, the, the playoff format like NASCAR has. Really nothing. You, right. you still count points, and every race yeah. counts towards something, and you don't stop in the middle, and you don't have a line painted on the backstretch wall where you can't fi- uh Scott, it's crazy. It yeah, really it has. Do you got a green and uh, white checkered flag? We do. Uh, we did go to Double Fire Restarts about five years ago. And, and that's and cool. People went, that's and some cool. of our races were, you're going to kill us, and, no, you know, and all that sort of stuff. But I'll tell you what. Boy, has it made a difference. And our guys have done a great job yep. uh, responding to it. Look, there's some nights you're going to have a problem with a double file restart. Well, there's some nights you have a trouble with a single Cautions file restart. Caution, And there's no doubt about it. But it's really, I, personally, after sitting in the grandstands for 50 years and really being a fan, I mean, it is my livelihood and I've been very blessed. But personally, as a fan, boy, I'll tell you what, it really, really makes things interesting. Um, and and we did we did take that from it, but you know I, I I think like you said, if you try to take all that stuff, you know it's pretty much backfired on them. I think I believe I personally Absolutely. I personally believe that that's my personal opinion and obviously yours too, Ron. It's um, too complicated. Though. It is. It is. Well, you won the stage. What the heck is a stage? <laughs> you know what? Did you go up and sing and dance on the yeah. stage? What what is it? <laughs> um, you know, and for the, I've heard a lot of people comment about that. Um, you know, their point system. How do you figure that out? You can't. You know. And I can win all these races, so I win Daytona. I'm in. I'm in the playoffs already. I'm in the playoffs. You know, if <laughs> if you're in the NBA or or you know whatever. I mean, you know, college football. You know, if you win your first game, guess what? You got ten Congratu- or eleven more. Congratulations, left. you won yeah. your first game. Yeah. yeah. So I think that question and and any answer that could come from that is pretty pretty difficult to say. This is it, or that's it. Um, it's just a combination of things. I I do think they have a major problem. All you have to do is look in the grandstands. They drop their tickets to twenty five bucks. We were always afraid when we charged twenty five dollars for a sixty thousand dollar purse at Toledo Speedway, and that's just the cash to the racers, like for the Glass City two hundred plus your overhead. Oh man, that's what they're charging MIS. You know, we used to freak out about that. People are going to be mad about that. Well, <laughs> you're going to see a whole lot better show at Toledo with the Glass Absolutely. City two hundred, and I'm going to go to MIS, and now I have to buy a ticket for Saturday too. You know, th- those days, you know, they, they couple everything in a package and they make you go to this race, or at least they make you buy the ticket. I don't know if you went, but, uh, but they they have a major problem, and I really don't know what the answer is. They dropped their ticket prices. hasn't helped them at all. They have to bring in concerts and yeah. bring in big names on Saturday nights, and they're paying big bucks for that. They're they're not going, oh, you're NASCAR and you're MIS or whoever it is, and you're gonna be we're going to give you a better of, deal. <laughs> that ain't yeah. happening. Yeah, you're in front um, of a huge audience. Yeah. You know, they're making people their grand marshals and, and the green flag ceremoniously. Uh, is waved by so and so a TV celebrity or whatever like that. The driver and, introductions yeah. have gone over the top. Yeah, yeah. I do like that. I think that's a little bit cool. And you know, it used to be pit road was taboo. You you didn't go out on it unless you had a credential, a right. number eight, I think it is, at the speedways. And baby, when it was time to put them guys in the car, boy, you better get off that train. Now they let them come in out of the grandstands. If you see all those people, those are people that are coming in out of the grandstands. That's. I think it's a good move on their part. Obviously, I don't think it's doing enough. But if I'm a new fan and I got there early and I got to go out and slap Kyle Busch five as he walked down that uh, podium. But that's one of the things short tracks do. We connect with the fans. Always. And Always. NASCAR has failed at that. Let me, let me ask you, I don't want to get too far in the weeds on this. but uh, I think we're all yeah, over the place. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, if, say, NASCAR all of a sudden tomorrow they decide, all right, let's go put the rules back in place that were in place in 1990, do you think that would have any effect at all? No. Too no. far gone. I think 
there are so many facets. So you got the owners group now, or the ch- charters. They charters, call them, yeah, right, right. Guaranteed. They, basically, they have franchised forty. Right. Uh, what thirty six teams? Thirty five. Thirty five. So you have that. Well, I'm saying which, you get rid of that. You're going back to nineteen. Which means you have five existed. spots open yeah. if somebody wants to. I, I don't bring a car. It would it would take a number of years for it to, to somersault back. and come back to where it was. Um, you've got to get guys. When in 1980, um, I right after I graduated from college, I went to work for Monroe Shocks. I mm-hmm. went to all the Indy car and stock car races. Worked at worked at Flat Rock and Toledo for or Flat Rock for two years. Then I went there when I was 22, so it would have been 82, 83. Um, I go to Charlotte. Here's Bob Seneca pulls in with his car. Here's Tommy Ellis comes in and runs the number 18 car. I can't remember. It was that mortgage company that came in and they ran five or six races. Bob Seneca ran, ended up running the whole year for a couple years there. Mm-hmm. But guys were pulling in at, at Michigan. You would have guys that would run Michigan and maybe Pocono and something like that. And those kind of things are the, that's what's going to make that. But they're making it so difficult to even feel the car. You know, you can go buy a chassis right now, but you, from my understanding, every car has to go to the R&D shop now before it goes on the track, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but don't quote me on that. Um, I, the The thing that really, really started this somersault is in the 1980s when the boom hit. They built tracks. So why doesn't Michigan have all those? I used to go, it used to take me an hour from Dundee to get into the infield. I used to do the uh, the color show with the uh, Ann Arbor station, a pre, pre-race show for the NASCAR races. It would take me an hour to get from Dundee down into the infield, and it would take me two hours to get home. Why aren't those crowds there? In the 80s, the, the building started. So now, if you were a fan and you wanted to go NASCAR fan, you wanted to go to Michigan, you were either from down south or you went to Pocono. There was no Nashville, which there isn't anymore. Right. There was no Kentucky. They're trying to get that back, though, from what I hear. Yeah. There, <laughs> there was no Iowa. There was no Kansas. Chicago. There was no Chicago. Rockingham. So, Rocking, you take all those tracks, you've taken a bite. All those people, if you wanted to see a race, if you lived west of where we live, you had to go to Michigan to watch that race or to Pocono or down south. So now all those people from the west that migrated to Michigan for those two cup races— they're going to Chicago. They're going to Kansas. So they don't need to travel. You know, they probably, ah, we've been to Michigan already. That's off our bucket list or whatever it is. You know, and my home track now is Kansas. You know, maybe we'll go to Talladega and everybody should go to Talladega at least once. It's yeah. it's <laughs> phenomenal. It's just to see all the campers. It's phenomenal. And there are some races like that in Daytona that are still doing quite well. Sure. But I really believe that's where it all started. Really? Where are uh, the backstretch grandstands at Daytona? Uh, they're in Plymouth, Indiana, from my understanding. <laughs> uh, they're all over the place. Where's the backstretch yeah. uh, grandstands from Flat Rock? The backstretch grandstands from Flat Rock, I don't know. They used to be at Oakshade. That's I what I think. They are anymore. I think so. <laughs> so um, <laughs> the turn one and two grandstands at Toledo Speedway are from Michigan International Speedway in turn three. Right. Yeah. Uh, Ron contracted with them and. Uh, we hired a crew that went and took them all down. We hired uh, local fifty-five to come in and put up the steel, and uh, we put the planking on that. Um, all let's, of that, but that came from Michigan. Let's bring things back uh, to uh, Flat Rock and <laughs> in, in Toledo here. Okay, what what do you got on on tap uh, at both tracks uh, for the summer? Well, Toledo, like we said, we, we've had to downsize what we're doing. We actually have eleven events. Uh, Ten of them are ours. At the end of the season, we're bringing in a monster truck group. Uh, they're going to put dirt on the little quarter mile. Speaking of which. Was there any thoughts of uh, doing some oval dirt racing like Berlin does? Uh, if you or? would like to bring us $150,000, we'll probably entertain that. Um, All right. Anybody out there with $150,000? No, that, that's just my fee to consult oh. you on this. Oh. Or, I, or I, if somebody has an asphalt grinder you'd like yeah, to learn I ha- from. I have no idea. Um, you know, No what, thoughts what have ever cost. been no. done on. Toledo um, could go back to its roots. Uh, it was dirt for one year, 1960. Yeah, they used to race at uh, Raceway Park. How did I know that? You did. Yeah. Did you race at Raceway Park? No. Okay. No, it was closed before he was. Okay. I I don't. I I went there with. I went there with my dad. It's all before my time. Close fifty-five, fifty-six, something like that. Fifty-eight. I think. Fifty-eight. Okay. 
So anyways, so anyway, so we're gonna do we're doing that at the, at the end of the season, which is good because we got the rest of the time to get the dirt all off the track and things. But see, like that, that would be a good time to do, yeah. you know, smooth it out and then yep. race on the oval. But um, he's, but he's a, he we we changed some things. <laughs> Our open wheel races, which have been wonderful for seventeen or fourteen of the last seventeen years, we've had to change up. <clears throat> uh, the super modified group has undergone some changes. The uh, present owner is now the car owners. And uh, we've decided we're going to take a wait-and-see approach. Again, very, very small segment when it comes to this industry of supermodifieds. Uh, so uh, there's a group out east. It's called IMSA or ISMA. ISMA. ISMA, I'm sorry. Yeah, ISMA. And then uh, MSA is here in the Sandusky, Cleveland area. Excuse me. But the owners have taken that over. And, and we've talked to them. I've talked to them three or four times. Uh, we're just going to take a wait-and-see approach for this year. So it's eliminated the fastest short track show in the world, which was That's just sad phenomenal. That was, that was a, a fun show, show. Yeah. But Okay, so here we go. <laughs> that was 17 years ago we created that show. It's been a while since I've been to that. So but. why was it so popular? It was always on MIS weekend. Why? We got people that were coming up from the south and the east and the west that were going to, to Michigan go for the weekend, and they would stop. And they would come to that race. And what that did is filled it up. And that has stopped because of the crowds, needless to say. Now, MIS, so Michigan's downturn kind of hurt we, that. Yeah, day. but that's not the real reason. Uh, the, I, the <laughs> it didn't qual- help. The quality is is what hurt us more than anything. But um, never say never. You know, no, we sprint, may resurrect no sprint car show this we year? Are gonna, yeah, so we have th- we still have three open wheel races. I should say two, excuse me. Um. So on Friday night, May 4th, we're running the uh, Hemelgarn Racing Raleigh-Beal Classic mm-hmm. for the USAC Silver Crown Cars. Uh, phenomenal race. I don't know if, if you've yep. ever seen the Silver Crown Cars race. Uh, last year, they ran 96 laps green, all green straight, and they had three cars just going back and forth, back and forth. It's just, just a phenomenal race. They are very, very good at Toledo. Uh, so we moved that from July to May, and we like that better. Get them before everybody gets a chance to see them. Before you get to Indianapolis and Terre Haute, and you know you can see them like four times in May, I think, sure. uh, in the state of Indiana. Uh, then on June fifteenth, we're going to run the uh, it's it's the fastest short track show weekend. But what it's going to do is we're going to run the Auto Value Bumper to Bumper Super Sprints, and we're bringing in the iCar All Star Modified Tour with them. Okay, uh, which should have twenty to twenty four cars for that. Uh, pretty cool group. Going to run fifty lap features. They were there like last year, weren't they? Yes, it was under a different name. Okay. Uh, uh, that group kind of folded, and this guy, the gentleman uh, Dave Mazilla, who owns Bearfield, uh, had the tour before and sold it. Uh, kind of just didn't get off the ground, so he is taking it back over and renamed it. So we're bringing them back in. Okay, cool. So basically, those are our two open we wheel shows. To Dave. Mm-hmm. About we the did. grocery getter thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Dave, yeah, Dave, Dave's got all kinds of ideas. Speaking of which, you guys guy. thinking of uh, maybe a grocery getter kind of thing? We're maybe? thinking of something, but I can't say anything right now. Oh, okay. Uh, because we just started talking about it. Um, for this year or for next uh, year? As insane as that race? Um, Over the top? Maybe more? <laughs> He's thinking about what, I, what so, can I say about what, it? What can so, look, say? It's, it's, uh, it's not going to hurt because it's either going to happen or it's not. Right. Does everybody know what a double O is? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, my parents used to talk about that. So they used to run on Mount Clemens Racetrack. Yeah, and that's where they night. used to go. I was yeah. there one night, and there were 63 cars, and it was just phenomenal. Well, uh, I don't know if anybody's been to, if you if you noticed the changes we made at Toledo, uh, we have a wonderful lighting system. And we were able to eliminate some of the power poles in the infield, and everything is underground now. Nothing's overhead. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So if we were to remove about 20, 25 feet of the quarter-mile wall coming out of turn three and four. Mm-hmm. You now have a very clear vision coming off of four of the half that if we ran a double O, you could dive onto it. Uh, and for those of you who don't know what a double O is, I'm, I'm going off go of ahead, what, I, what I've heard. <laughs> you have the two tracks at uh, at Toledo Speedway. you got the half-mile and the quarter-mile, small quarter-mile. Right? Yeah, short track, I call it. Short track, yeah. okay. So basically, they run around the the a, half mile, and when big, they come down to the lap. front stretch, then they do a loop through the small track, and then come back on the front stretch, and then exactly. back around there. Yep. And so it's kind of like a figure eight, but not really. Flying start, use the half okay. mile for the first lap. As you're coming around to complete that first lap, you're downshifting and getting on the binders and going on to the little track. I've never seen and one And you of get those. the crossing all the way around. Uh, it's How do you pretty, score that? Well, I, that's another <laughs> issue. We have transponders, but that's another yeah. issue we haven't talked about. So, so that's in the back of our minds. Okay. That's in the back of our minds. I, uh, I'll be honest with you. We got to have a good year to let that happen. 
Um, Let's and have we a don't, good year. And the other thing is we don't like adding races. Our schedule is in December. We've tweaked it five, six times, changed divisions around. Uh, but for the most part, it's been set, and we really don't like to change. That's something we've never done. We just and, and I think you know everybody pretty much has, has stayed to that. You can't just keep changing things and expect everybody to know, and you can't advertise it enough. NASCAR. Yeah, that's one of the things <laughs> that has made Oakshade what it is, Scott. When fans go out there on Saturday night, they know what they're going to see. There you go. They know that it starts the last weekend in April, and now they have tweaked the schedule a little because yeah. it runs a little deeper into fall. But For the most part, 95% of the time, you're going to you, get the same four classes. You yeah. know what you're going to see. You know who you're going to see. And that's a big deal. Several years ago. Consistency. Yeah, several years ago, there was a lot of promoters. Oh, we're going to add this show. We're going to add that. That doesn't happen very often anymore. No one no one can take that kind of risk. Um, but... You know, yeah, I don't remember grandfather changing stuff. He up. never did. He never did. We very, very rarely. And, you know, it, it had its time and its place. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I'm not going to tell you it worked, but, you know, we just really don't change things. But, <clears throat> excuse me, back to that. So we opened Saturday, April 14th with the Cometic Gasket 200 presented by PNC Bank. Two kinds of late models. Outlaw late models, our late models, the uh, ARCA Gold Cup late models, and then the ARCA CRA Super Series, which are the stock body cars. Uh, we'll run Twin 100s at Saturday at 3 o'clock on the 14th. We have the Sunny Media Good Weather Guarantee if it's raining and it's not 55 degrees at 3 o'clock. If you buy your ticket in advance and those things don't happen, you get a free ticket to the Raleigh Beale Classic on Whoa. May 4th. Well, that's so pretty cool. we hope that spurs some sales. Uh, we are selling pre-sale tickets for April 14th. You get 5 bucks off if you buy them uh, before 5 o'clock on Friday night, April 13th. So I'm at the track all the time. How much are tickets? Uh, 20 in advance, 25 the day of the show. Okay. Uh, should be a very good show. Uh, then on May 4th is the Raleigh Beale Classic for the Silver Crown Cars. Then May 20th is our is our big race. Uh, that's the Federated Car Care, or excuse me, the Menards 200 presented by Federated Car Care for the big ARCA cars. Uh, we just had Natalie Decker in town for a press conference last weekend. Uh, they say she's the real deal. She is the next um, Danica Patrick. Uh, Don't say that. Set her heights a little higher. Well, <laughs> I didn't. Just say it. Okay. Um, there have been articles written about her. Media wise, she's, she's gotten the next comments. Danica. She's gotten comments from. How old is she? Crew people. She's, she's twenty. Is she that? I thought yep. she was younger than that. Uh, she is very marketable. I'll just say that. Uh, presents herself very well. Her dad runs the snowmobile championship up in Wisconsin. All right. They have a, their own track, and that's that's where she got her start in it. Uh, qualified on the pole smacked in a in a wreck and came right back and got right back out there and still finished fifth um she's very determined uh toyota has wrapped their arms around her and and uh, they have paired her with venturini motorsports which is one of the top teams so she has the best equipment available to her uh it's going to be interesting to watch i'm afraid this is kind of like college basketball when do you go pro you know, I don't know if they'll keep her long enough around. You know, I don't know if it'll be a year or two year program. My guess is when she'll she be with Arco up. for one year, then they'll run her in truck and cup, and then or truck and Xfinity, and then decide where she right. goes from there. But how many times have you seen kids that just get plucked and they take off, and then you don't hear from them ever again? Exactly. And um, you know, basketball, they've been talking about that too. You know, um, it, it's just you know how quick do you take them? And um, you know, it, it'll be very interesting, but. Uh, everybody, you know, they're they're saying she could very well be the next Danica Patrick. So that's our big show on May 20th. Then we just go into our, uh, we've got some weekly racing and things like that. Um, and then we wrap up uh, with the Glass City 200, the Central Transport Glass City 200 on uh, Saturday, September 15th. So Corey wants to know, we, we took some questions here from people. You want to know why uh, just such, such a limited number of uh, oval events this year? You said 11? Well, uh, downsizing, business decisions, plain and simple. Yeah. It's exactly why, you know, we cut one of our own late model races out. Couldn't draw the people. People don't come to watch them. You know, we can't afford to pay anybody what they, we should. I mean, no one can. Right. But we we couldn't make it work. We ran on Saturday, two Saturdays last year with the Gold Cup late models, thinking, okay, people can come in. Because if I get off work at 5, you know, it's tough to get if I'm from Fort Wayne or, sure. or wherever, even up to Detroit. So we put them on Saturday nights, and we did no better. So we actually got rid of one of our own late mile races. We dropped the super modifieds and we dropped the king in the wing. So it's you know it's it's all over the board, but it's even our stuff. So Corey, that's that's exactly why they're simply business decisions. You guys all look up in the grandstands like we do. You know it's a tough nut. 
Uh, Toledo eats cars and eats money. And half-mile tracks uh, are are struggling. Flat Rock is a different bird. It is a different bird. Quarter-mile uh, track. And we've been very blessed and fortunate to have what we have. Look, look, we have great teams at Toledo Speedway. Great teams at Toledo Speedway. And the racing is very good. But if you can't make it work as a business, you, you, you know, you just... You can't do it. I'm sure Ron Miller race cars wouldn't exist if it wasn't for this lady over here, number one. <laughs> and, and and number two, if, if Ron didn't have a business plan, then he probably wouldn't be where he is today. Any uh, For sure. Any big changes uh, for either track uh, as far as uh, facilities, um, rules, or, you know? Uh, rules have been pretty much the same. Uh, we did go to head and neck restraint for all divisions. Uh, we've had it in our late model sportsman class. Now it's for the factory stocks, the figure eights, even our enduro class. Uh, it's it's just plain and simple. And if you want to argue about that, please don't come to the racetrack. Um, <laughs> you know, um, I'm sure your wives and your parents and your children uh, understand that. Um, other than that, the late models, uh, we put a chip on them. Uh, we're going to start at 8,200. Uh, we've got a tester in the whole nine yards, a buzz box, they call it. Uh, try, to, try to back them down just a little bit. You know, they're running, uh, man, they're running 15 flat at Toledo in a 2,700-pound car. Uh, that's, that's pretty fast. Pretty fast. Pretty fast. That's like uh, as fast as uh, the yep. NASCAR guys at Bristol, isn't it? Yep. Yep. But uh, other than that, we're, we're putting some LED lighting under the grandstands. Try to spruce that up a little bit oh, nice. and clean that up. Jeez, Still, I did that in my office. Uh, made a difference, didn't <laughs> oh, it? Oh, man. Yeah. It really did. Uh, doing some remodeling on our restrooms. That, that's been a steady. That's something you won't see. When we replace the toilet, you don't look at it. But, you know, we replaced, I don't know, 14 or something in the last two years. So, But uh, those kind of things, just the little things. Uh, we are going to resurface the quarter mile going onto and off of the half. Uh, Monroe Asphalt has agreed to help us out there. Transition. Yes, just the transition points on and off the quarter mile and the half. For this season? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, weather permitting, which <laughs> snow permitting or whatever you want to call this yeah. is we're having. Uh, I don't think it will be done right away. It might be the middle of May before we get it done, just depending on how they can get uh, moving. I don't think the asphalt plants are even open yet. I Normally they any. try to open by April 1st, and right. I don't think they're going to make it. No. So, you know, that's something we really, we really haven't talked about a lot. It, it, it's something we've been wanting to do. Uh, I think, you know, the track's abrasive. We know that the little track is. But, again, from a business standpoint, this is something we can do and something we planned, and we think it will help. Can it widen the racing groove a little? Uh, I don't know. You'll have to ask those guys. They do a great job in that little track. It's phenomenal how mm-hmm. well they race on that track. Maybe it'll help phenomenal. for the double O, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. If we get that far, yeah. Uh, Dave wants to know if he has to have an ARCA or main event license or both. To race uh main event is a separate series a late okay. model series we have uh we're co-sanctioning a race with them and we honor their information with that race um but for anything you do with us yes it's a half million dollar insurance policy oh i thought you were gonna say it costs get. a half million dollars for the license uh, <laughs> no like, whoa it's a half million dollar insurance Asphalt policy racing for is more expensive <laughs> regardless if you run an enduro or outlaw late model doesn't matter it's 125 bucks for your license for the year the enduro and factory stock license is 100 then you pay your pit pass every week. And, and that's something we've been blessed with, with Ron and ARCA uh, following through with that, uh, having an, a, a program like that available. It's a fraternal benefit that, that we can offer the racers. And, and we do require them to be, mem- to be members so you have that policy. Right, I was Boy, look- it doesn't take long to eat that money up these days in the hospital. Looking through your, your schedule, I've always enjoyed the figure eight racing, and you do a whole bunch of other things. you got the school bus figure eight, the train figure eight, the boat figure eight. What's a flagpole race, though? Flagpole race, um, put a tire with a pole or a flag in the middle of the back stretch in the middle of the front stretch. So you take the green flag and uh, from a standing start, and you make a full lap. And then the next lap, as you come to that tire, you got to go around the tire. And then when you get so to the back stretch, like you got to go around the double tire. Double O, sort yeah, of. there you go. Except for and it's kind, it's funny. Because you'll get guys that are just coming on, coming down to the track to get around the tire, and then you got guys that are coming back around the tire, and and, and it's kind of fun to, to watch. Uh, it's pretty hilarious. Uh, we split them up at Flat Rock. We did street stocks by themselves, and then figure eights. Figure eights got a little advantage with with the gearing and things like that in that V6. But um, we split them up at Flat Rock with the street stocks and, and the figure eights. It was pretty hilarious to watch. Uh, it really is. Uh, again, gimmicks sell. <laughs> the school bus figure eight races are one into their own, and um, and they pack the place. We are here. We are here speaking candidly, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. Just us. I hate that yeah. race more than anything in the world <laughs> because it takes so much time and effort, and not from uh, it, it, just a management standpoint. 
it's wonderful to manage four or 5,000 people in the grandstands. It's wonderful. But as you said, I walk around, you know, that's what you're supposed to do, put out fire. And knock on wood, we don't have a lot of problems, but you're just on edge, you know, as the promoter and as the management team, and you're like, make sure everybody's okay, make sure everybody's having a good time. No fights in the grandstands. The racers understand it. The racers have done a wonderful job. You don't have fights They're in the pits? They're there to entertain. Uh, knock on wood, I'll tell you what, we got a great group of guys. We really do. I'm not going to tell you we don't, Scott, because okay. there are some things that go on and some things I don't even know about. And, again, as a general manager, those guys run the pits. Let them take care of it. Uh, they run the flat, you know, run, run the racetrack. Uh, you know, if I have to step in, that's one thing. But very rarely do I have to step in. We just got a great group of people and a great group of racers. So one last question I have for you. We kind of probably already hit on this, but as a more general question, what are the biggest challenges uh, you face as a, a racetrack promoter today, and how are you dealing with them? I mean, is it the car count, the uh, the I crowds? Think, I think it's people in the grandstands. That's okay. the bottom line. Because if you don't have them, then you can't do what you want to do. Um, and again, I, I will pat our racers on the back. They understand. They say thanks to the fans when they're in the winner circle. We got guys that go up and ladies go up in the grandstands and, and meet the fans. We've encouraged it, but we've never said, hey, get up there, you know, um, and maybe we need to do that more as a group. Uh, but I think the main thing is is to build a fan base back, just as you said with everybody. Uh, it's it's very, very difficult. I wish we knew the answer. From where that. I'm sitting, and Lord knows I've been around this sport a long time. It does a couple years. yeah. Both on the grandstand side and on the pit side, it's imperative that everybody has a good a good time. Absolutely, uh, that they they're they're having fun. Um, when the fun goes away, uh, especially from the racers, they'll go play golf or something. And I can't imagine yep. anything more more boring than playing golf. But um, some people tell me that it's okay. The golf carts are kind of fun. There you go. <laughs> so, so yeah. you you have some guys that come in. If you've got a if you've got the wrong attitude when you walk in, you're not going to have a good time. Absolutely. Uh, and I'm sure you've raced against people like that, yep. and you still race against people like that. And we got some like that. Yeah. Every track does. Yeah. And fan wise, I will say, you know, it it's really fun to watch them and just see their reaction. I'll tell you where we can tell how new they are. Watch them when we run the figure eight. And when they when they are close and they're not close, and Gary or Rich go look out, and those people just they cover their eyes and they cover their faces, <laughs> and they're grabbing their neighbor or you know their boyfriend or girlfriend yep. or their or their husband or wife, and you know they're just screaming. It, it, it's so much fun to watch. That. And that's a good group of guys too. It oh, really is. You want to talk about pure entertainment? Yep. That is pure entertainment at its finest. The figure eight group, second to none. Guys are crazy. Third generation drivers. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it's just it's phenomenal. Tight knit group fight and and punch and kick not, and not literally but you know the getting each other's face but I'll tell you what if your car breaks down or something happens to you they're standing right there what can I do to help you yeah, absolutely that's those that's that group and and for the most part and I'm sure it's the same at Oakshade yeah everybody everybody is going to pitch in yep very absolutely. rarely do absolutely. you get a time or a place or a location where somebody's not going to pitch in and say man what do you need you know what do you need yeah. <laughs> and and the guy with all the parts, I'm sure, is one of the best at doing that. We try. Yeah. yeah. So know. season opener coming up April 14th. That's the Comedic Gasket 200 at Toledo. And then yep. uh, Flat Rock season opener is a 28th. 28th. Yep. Jets Saturday Pizza night. opening night. Late models, figure eights, and street stock. Same groups we featured since 1977. Flat Rock, if you've never been there, you got to go. You're sitting on top of the action. And uh, when we paved the track in 99, we widened it by like about eight to ten feet and what it did is opened up the bottom groove and man you can run side by side it's just phenomenal we've had some outlaw late model drivers come there for our bigger races now that we're into that and they're just like i never realized you could really race here i was always told you couldn't race here i was always under the impression this happened here I'm not going to tell you you're going to whack it in the wall and 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 go home on the record i'm not going to tell you that's not going to happen but you can race at Flat Rock, and and the figure eights are just phenomenal up there. They scare me. Yep, they scare me absolutely, to death. Absolutely. They really do. But they are pure entertainment at its finest. And Gary does a great job with those guys. He loves it. Absolutely <laughs> loves it. He eats, sleeps, and breathes it. How many years has he been announcing? Now? Too many. That was many. when no, I was a I'm kid. <laughs> when I was a kid, he was announcing. Yeah, Gary's been with us. I. Th- he re, he 25 re, he re, or 26 years. He replaced Jack Pfeiffer, correct? Uh, Jack was at Toledo when Sonny had the track. 
and then Rick Eshelman was the announcer when we first opened okay, up, and then got to have a real quick story. Let's, let's go for it. We were at Toledo. Gary, Gary was still announcing at Lansing, at Spartan, mm-hmm. on Friday nights, and it was just killing him not to be at Toledo. Just killing him. So I'd go up in the press box, and I had a flip phone then. I'd he open still up, has one. I, so does my boss. <laughs> I'd open up the phone, and I'd call him. I said, hey, Gary, how you doing? I said, I said, we're all done with the late model feature. We had 18 cars here, and oh, man, they, all, they come side by side. And I said, listen to this. And I'd hold the phone. You son of a... And he'd just be screaming. <laughs> In two weeks, he quit Spartan and came back. To, came back. So he was already at Flat Rock, but he came back so he can announce at Toledo. Uh, it just, you know, it just killed him. But we did that to him all the time, just just for fun. And, you know, that's another thing about our officials. And you talk about if you if you don't have the right frame of mind and if you're not coming there to have fun, we do that with our officials too. Yeah. We beat each other up mercilessly. It's just an ongoing process. But when it's time to be serious and time to run the race, we do a pretty darn good job. And uh, details, TulioSpeedway.com, FlyRockSpeedway.com. Sure. Schedules on both yep. websites. Absolutely. Yep. Arca Everything's there. ArcaRacing.com. ArcaRacing.com yep. gives you all that. Arca and the uh, the uh, logos are on the side. You can click it on, and it'll take you right to the site, so you don't have to type that in. Uh, save 5 bucks on an advance ticket for April 14th. And remember, if it's not 55 and it's not raining at 3 o'clock, or it is raining at 3 o'clock on the 14th, if you buy an advance ticket, you're going to get a free ticket to uh, the uh, Hemelgarn uh, Super Fitness Raleigh Beale Classic, and the family all comes out for that, and that's pretty cool. That's a good deal. That's real cool. Yep. So just a couple other things uh, we're going to touch on here to, before we wrap things up. But uh, thank you for coming in. Appreciate it. I can't believe I've been here for an hour. I know. Already. It's, it's just crazy. <laughs> I knew it would go we, smooth. We started a little late, though, but okay. uh, just some other news. Uh, I actually had somebody ask me at the uh, Woodville Mall car yes. show thing, where can I get uh, Hammer Down Racing Report merchandise? And I was like, well... We're working know. on that right now. That's we'll it. get back to you very soon. <laughs> I That's what I was doing. And it has been done. And there's a link on our uh, on the Hammerdown uh, Racing Report Facebook page to uh, a little online store. Right. It'll be available... It's right now. You can order it. Really? I didn't set the prices. The little store did it itself. So don't... If it's, a, it, we, if it's it, too much... It's not my price. It wasn't me. <laughs> if it's too much, give me a call. Yeah. Ronald, I, I won't know. do anything, but I'll sympathize. That's 734-856-7223. race, yeah. It's Ron Miller. Uh, a couple other uh, news announcements here. Uh, the All-Star Circuit of Champions presented by Mobile One. This is way too long of a... Uh, it's the Arctic Cat All-Stars Circuit of Champions presented by no- Mobile One. what happens when you have sponsors. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, they're going to f- they they're, they announced they're going to be uh, featuring twenty full time travelers uh, for the circuit this season, including a defending champ, defending I that champion. Was I saw that yeah. Chad Kemenaw, former World of Outlaws and uh, NASCAR Cup regular Dave Blaney is going to be racing as well. Uh, full list uh, of drivers and details about them are available at AllStarSprint.com. Next All Star races uh, coming up here in Ohio. A uh, week from Friday, April 6th at Atomic Speedway, and then uh, Saturday, April 7th at Attica. That's Atomic, so, the former KC down southern Ohio. I believe, yeah, Tillicothe area. As, as opposed to the Atomic in Tennessee. Kentucky. I think it's Tennessee. Tennessee. Okay. Yeah. Our Atomic, yeah, the Ohio yeah. one. So they, they haven't raced since Volusia, so that'll be the first race uh, for the All-Stars since uh, Florida Speed Weeks. Uh, oh, speaking of saving money, Fremont Speedway is doing a, a deal, too. Uh, save two dollars at Fremont Speedway for the opener, which is uh, it's actually the same night as Toledo. Sure, they're later. You guys start in the afternoon, don't you? Uh, we're at three o'clock. Three o'clock. So there you go. There you go. Head to Fremont in the evening. Uh, you can save two dollars. Races at both. There you go. Dirt and asphalt. Oh, and you can save two dollars if you bring a dated receipt from one of their uh, sponsors, and it has to be dated between the eighth and the fourteenth of April. And if you want to see the sponsor list, it's on their uh, the Fremont Speedway Facebook page. And uh, a brand new segment, your weekly Millstream Speedway update uh, that we're going to start. Uh, we haven't said much about it since uh, that everything fell apart a couple is, weeks is ago. Is this going to be with Greg Rowe? Or? Uh, well, this is the latest information we have on Millstream Speedway and what the plans are for the 2018 season. This is awesome. You didn't, so, you didn't fill Greg, me in on that. No, here we go. Scott, you are more than just a... Man behind the microphone. There you go. There's, there's your uh, your update. For, I'm not even going to say anything. Going on in Millstream for 2018. Uh, some national news. Clint Boyer, he won the uh, snow-delayed Martinsville race. Uh, he owns uh, Don O'Neill and Daryl Anigan's uh, Lucas Oil Super Late Models. Yeah. Who was, uh, who was the car chief on the 14 car for Clint Mr. Boyer? Mr. Cook. Which Mr. Cook? It rhymes with Airy. 
Yeah, it'd be Jerry Cook, <laughs> Toledo's own. Congratulations, Jerry. And, and the entire We're going to try Cook. and get him on the show, and, right? Yes. All right. You need to get his son on the show, too. Yeah. Taylor? Taylor. Taylor. He's, he's Taylor. quite the talent. Yeah. He, he won is. at uh, Oakshade last yes, Summer National. Yep. So. yep. Um, uh, he snapped a 190 uh, race winless streak for uh, Boyer there. Uh, Kevin Harvick and uh, Denny Hamlin had some uh, issues. Harvick's always in the news. He, he's either winning or now. There's or how something. you change NASCAR, <laughs> right it. there. That's it, right did, there. Did you see a, what happened with that though? I did not. We we need a bad boy, and I think there he is. He's not really that. He, he's too old to be a bad boy. Anyways, Earnhardt was no spring chicken. That's true. You're good point. Uh, Denny, you could be a bad boy. Yeah, I am, but don't tell anybody. <laughs> so Danny Hamlin and Kevin, they were racing each other at, at Martinsville, and I guess they were Hamlin was bumping them a little bit, trying to get them they, out of the way. They were Martinsville racing. Yeah, but yeah, uh, exactly. it looked. It appeared that, that Harvick then brake-checked coming off of one of the corners and damaged the front of uh, Hamlin's car. And uh, the quotes from both drivers, uh, first uh, on uh, Harvick, as, as when he was asked if he did brake-check him, uh, Harvick says, he hit me a couple of times, and I was just trying to make sure I had my car under control. Hamlin's response was, well, no hard feelings. I'm not mad or anything, but it definitely tore up our race car pretty good. When he bumps us, we'll just try to keep our car under control as well. Uh-huh. So something may be brewing there. Um, yeah. Uh, season openers, mentioned Attica Raceway Saturday. And try and get a or a March race in in Northwest Ohio. I, I, ho I hope this they is get the last the chance. chance. I really do, but boy. If, if not, we'll have to do the All Stars the following Saturday. There, uh, Fremont Speedway, the 14th Toledo Speedway, the Comedic Gasket 200, also on uh, Saturday, uh, the 14th of April. Limeland set to open on uh, the 20th of April. Waynesfield the 21st. Oakshade and Flat Rock both on the 28th. And now, oh, there it is. There it is. Oh, you know the what caution that means. lights. It's time for the record report under caution with Perry Cox. Welcome to the record report under caution. And now, deep thoughts with the record guy. Tonight, I want to touch on a very sensitive subject for a lot of people. It's racism. You know, I don't care whether you like NASCAR, dirt track racing, mud bogs, carts. It really doesn't matter. It, it's all racing. It should all be the same. It, you know, I mean, we're all we're all motorsports enthusiasts. <laughs> What's that, honey? That's my wife. Everybody, what'd you say, babe? <laughs> What do you mean that's not what the definition of racism is? What is the definition of racism? Wow, what a short-sighted, narrow-minded way to define someone. But you know, I think the solution to both definitions is the same. We just need to be good to one another and accentuate the things that bring us together and unite us instead of the things that divide us. And now, stupid jokes. I told my wife she drew her eyebrows too high. She seemed surprised. I recently bought some shoes from a drug dealer. I don't know what he laced them with, but I have been tripping all day. Two clowns are eating a cannibal. One turns to the other and says, I think we got this joke wrong. It's because now the clowns are cannibals too. That's all I have for this week's report. Remember, there's only two kinds of race engines. Ones that are blown up and ones that are gonna blow up. It's probably time to change your oil. Perry Cox. With oh, Scott. As some, people tell me that that's their favorite part of the, the show. They wait for We've just We've got that. some sick listeners, I'm <laughs> telling you, buddy. <laughs> Perry Cox, I don't know if you're familiar. Perry Cox is one of our, he used to race, and now he's a, one of the tow, tech, tow truck drivers out at uh, Oakshade. Ah. I'm sure he'd probably help you out if he needed And a, a certified sick puppy. Yeah. 
And he's got the, he's got the jokes. Lots of jokes. So, which means everything we talked about doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> I expected that to be honest well, with you. Fortunately, but. I I can consider Perry a good friend and hope he's not too upset. Nope. Crickets again. <laughs> so that's it uh, for this edition of the Hammertown Racing Report. Wow. Uh, I can't even follow that up. I don't know. Scott, we, thanks for coming in. Thank you very much. I really do appreciate ran, it. And, ran uh, a tad long tonight. I yeah. hope everybody enjoyed it. I know we did. Yeah. Good luck uh, on the 2018 season at uh, Toledo and uh, Flat Rock. I hope to make it out to Flat Rock sometime. We, I only get a chance to get out there if we rain out at Oakshade. And I think last time I went, we rained out at Oakshade, and then it started raining halfway through the t- one time I was there. That's usually the case. <laughs> yeah. But uh, at least it's, it takes less time to prepare asphalt. Yes, it does. For the most part. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. The rain sucks either way. Anyways, uh, next week, we'll be back at 7 o'clock. Follow us Facebook Live, Hammerdown Racing Report on Facebook. And uh, you can get your Hammerdown Racing Report apparel now. Oh, that's right. That link's on our uh, Facebook page, too. Uh Make sure to listen to us on iHeartRadio. Search Hammerdown Racing Reports. Follow us, and uh, you'll be notified each time. Actually, if you go to iHeartRadio, you can search racing, and there's just a few of us, and you'll be able to pick us out. Yeah. You can listen to the other ones, too. You can feel free to do that. Just make sure to do listen to ours, too. Make sure you like it. And uh, make sure to give Ron a call, Ron Miller Race Cars, because we come to you live each week from the Ron Miller Race Cars studio. 734-856-RACE. Safety equipment, tires, Body panels. Absolutely. Oil. Oil and filter. I just got that. Complete race car. Whatever you need. One thing we didn't talk about, what about uh, that chassis? Did you want to talk about that? Which chassis? The chassis that that was uh, going to be cut up. Oh, well, Mr. Schultz knows all about that. Um, And congratulations on being very proactive on your safety program. Thank Uh, you. I guess you have recently purchased a Jaws of Life. Uh, We've had it for quite some time. And uh, Dipman Racing has... Very graciously donated a bit of a race car and uh, had many different colors on it. It did, and it's going to be cut up for practice to for, for the safety crews to practice the, yep. the jaws of life. Then to uh, exactly yep extricate Which drivers. Ho- hopefully, they never have to use that. That is always the ultimate goal. But if they do, at say. least they yeah. they know what at they're getting into. Yep. That's it. Yep. So thanks. There's, there's several tracks that have started doing that. I mean, we've done it on an off, on an off basis, kind of informal but you know we're we're trying to get better at it make sure everybody knows what's going on i understand that oakshade raceway also has a jaws of life it was from uh, one of the area fire departments that upgraded their equipment and uh, they picked up a very good jaws of life that uh, is always on hand there i did not know that i should listen to the show i would know if i listened to the show so all right now we're done Scott will be back next week. There you go. More more drivel. (laughs) More, 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 yeah. It'll be exciting. Thanks for listening, everybody. And thanks for Scott again coming in. Toledo, Flat Rock, make sure to go there. Support them. Support asphalt, support dirt, support all racing. Don't be racist. That's it. Yeah. You have been listening to the Hammered Down Racing Report from the Ron Miller Race Car Studio. Listen on demand on iHeartRadio. Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix, dissecting the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato and I'll catch you after the chequered flag.